The story starts out like a tragedy. A woman is married and has two sons. And they leave their homeland and they go to a foreign land. And the two sons um, find women to marry from the foreign land. And it seems fine. But then here's where the tragedy comes in. Her husband dies. And then inexplicably, the two sons die. And so now you have, in the ancient world, three women who have been widowed, who have no support, no family. We'd be bad enough in our modern world, right? But back then, it would have been complete devastation for them because they couldn't own property, they couldn't have land. And so they were left, unless, unless they could find a man, and I know women hate that part of the story, they were left completely destitute. And so the older woman decides that she's going to go back to her homeland because she knows that her family will help to take care of her somehow, that there will be rules and laws in place that someone would then take care of her. And so she decides to go back to her homeland. But the two daughters-in-law are from this foreign land. And so she says to them, you don't need to follow me. What's going to happen? Am I going to be able to bear sons for you and you're going to wait till they get old enough so that you can marry them and have a life? And so the one daughter-in-law decides to stay in her homeland. But the other one, whose name was Ruth, decides to go with Naomi, her mother-in-law. And she says, wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lay your head, I will lay mine. It was a complete gamble. Because she was leaving her people, where maybe she could have found someone to take care of her, perhaps, to go to what for her was a foreign land with foreign peoples people who she didn't know except for through her mother-in-law. And so at that point, I mean, it's a complete gamble. It's a complete risk. But they go back. And God takes that story, which begins like a tragedy, and turns it into this amazing redemption story. Because if any of you know the story of Ruth and Naomi. They go back to Naomi's homeland and Ruth finds someone to marry. And they conceive and have a son. And they name the son Obed. And Obed is the father of Jesse. And Jesse is the father of David. So much that's interesting about the redemption of that story. Because if you were telling a story about a strong lineage from one person to another, you wouldn't include a foreign woman from a foreign land who became the grandmother of the greatest king that the Israelites ever had. 
You wouldn't tell that story and then link it to the Savior, Jesus. You would erase that part of the story and you would put it away. But here's what's so cool about the Bible is that it's about real people and real stories and how a real God can reimagine the most desperate of things and make it into something that is new and different and surprising and that blesses the world. Another man, engaged to be married. But in the scripture it says they had not lived together yet. That was part of the the way that it went in those times. They had not lived together yet. And in the Bible, I love how it says, it says, and it just comes to find out that his fiancée is is pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Sounds like a great way to pass off something, doesn't it? And it says there that he could have dismissed her quietly. But he trusted God. And an angel came to him and said, this is, this is right. You need to stand in here because God is going to redeem what looks like a really bad story. Because it was shameful. It was shameful that she was pregnant and they hadn't even lived together yet. From the outside, from the community, it looked like she was a bad, bad girl. Or he had overstepped the bounds of what was permissible during their betrothal. But God took that story and reimagined it to bring about the birth of Jesus. Joseph let his story be reimagined because I'm sure that he didn't expect that when he got engaged to Mary that this is where that was going. And so my point with both of those stories, and I just picked two, there are so many in the scripture, and that's what I think people often miss. We, we, we talk about the scriptures sometimes, we hear people say, well, it is, a, it is a manual for life. No, it's not. It's a book about God's story with God's people. It is about stories of redemption over and over and over again. It is a story about God helping us human beings reimagine what is going on with us and how we're living in the world and calling us to reimagine our lives in such a way that they can be a blessing to others. Over and over and over again, even when people do stupid, selfish, horrible things, God helps reimagine that story to become something that is redeeming and a blessing to others. And so I want you to imagine your own story. How many times has something happened to you where you said, This is not good? But you lived and you learned. And you came through it. And you became different. And that thing that you thought was so bad actually became one of the better things that ever happened in your life. 
What is it right now that you might be going through that you might be still looking at as something that is horrible and no good and isn't going to turn out well? And I'm not saying that you wished it would happen again. But how might you reimagine your story through the lens of God to say and to, to say to God, okay, God, this has happened. I would have never chosen this path. I would have never chosen to be in this position in my life. What do you want out of this? How can I serve you from this particular place? How can I break out of whatever, I'm, whatever is keeping me in this place of seeing this only as a tragedy to see this as something where it might be a blessing for others and a blessing for myself? Because here's the main story of our faith, right? The conquering hero comes. The one who is supposed to lead the people, Israel, to a new time. To where they're supposed to be. God is going to be back in God's rightful place. They're going to get rid of the Romans from the Holy Land. There's going to be this conquering hero. And he's leading a group of people. And then the Romans take him. And they put him on a cross. Story over. Right? Wrong. We're so used to it because we've, most of us have grown up in church and we've heard this story so many times. But it is a tragedy. I mean, it is, it is a story of, of a devastating loss. The men who followed Jesus ran away. They were so scared for their own lives. The women, of course, hung around because they're the brave ones. I mean, let's get this right. Right? They're the ones who went back to the tomb. They're the ones who took the spices. They're the ones who risked their lives, you know. They were the first reporters about this thing that happened that was so inexplicable, nobody believed it. And even today, very few people do. That God reimagined death And said that it wasn't the end. That the way Jesus lived his life was the way we were called to live our lives. And that we too could be set free from seeing our lives as a tragedy being written to seeing our lives as a redemption story just about to happen over and over and over again. Because I don't think there's ever just one redemption story in our lives. I think there's a redemption story waiting to happen around every bend. That no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're struggling with, no matter what you're going through, that God is in the midst of it and is crafting and helping you reimagine what it means to live your life as a person who follows Jesus. The Israelites had to reimagine the story of that wandering Aramean who went down to Egypt and then was enslaved. A whole people for 400 years. And they held on to a trust and a hope and cried out to God in desperation. And God reimagined that story and brought them out of slavery 
and into the promised land. But that wasn't the end of the story. There's a redemption story waiting to be happen, waiting to happen even when we are unfaithful, even when we are ungenerous, even when we are unthankful. God is working in us a redemption story if we are willing to open up and see where it might come from. If we are willing to be courageous and vulnerable, if we are willing to open our lives to what God has to say to us, and if we are willing to take the risk to give ourselves to the potential of that reimagining. And so today, I want to leave you with this scripture as I encourage you to reimagine and to ask God to help you reimagine your life story and how your life today, whether it's going amazingly well or whether there are things that are going horribly Ask God to reimagine how you can become even more of a blessing in the world in the name of Jesus. And this reading is from Colossians chapter 3, and it says this, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in the one body, and be thankful Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom. And with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. May you know the reimagining the reimagining of your story that God is working in you today. And may you take hold of that redemption that has already been given to you in Jesus. Amen.